0: the Black and Raw podcast. I'm your host, Tino Kada Tundurai And I'm not going to repeat that. Here is a podcast that is creating the dialogue and the space for black men to be their most authentic selves. Now, I don't have a guest today. I'm saving that for next week. But what I do have is uh, the snippets of uh, episode 9, 10, 11, 12 and 13. So the last few minutes of each episode, answering the question of uh, how can we add to an understanding of black masculinity and what can we tell young black men, old black men, any black men, what can we tell them that can help them with that understanding? And so uh, the first episode you are gonna hear is with my good friend, Dan Taki. Um and so, I'm actually seeing Dan tomorrow, um, I'm recording this episode Thursday was getting released on Friday. I know, a bit late, but life happens, right? I love doing this anyway, so, so I, Um but yeah, I'm seeing Dan tomorrow, I'm going to go and watch Batman, really looking forward to it, um, anyone knows, anyone has been listening, I love superheroes and all of that stuff, so, you know, um, I'm now getting on a tangent, um, which Dan sort of gets on a tangent in this uh, part, but he adds a really good understanding um, to the question. So um, I'll let you guys hear what Dan has got to say um, and uh, look out on Instagram for my review of Batman. Um, But yeah, so I wanted to, I was gonna ask you a final question. Um, So say if there's a young black boy that's kind of like discovering their masculinity, like trying to find themselves in the world, how do you think like either this conversation that we've had Or something like you personally know yourself or experience yourself, how
1: can you think, how do you think that can add to an understanding of black masculinity?
2: I mean, I knew the questions beforehand, and it's still what I'm gonna think about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's a mouthful for me to say, so it must be a mouthful for someone to digest.
2: (laughs) Um I think it's a case of Black masculinity has often been seen as as a monolith of of what what it has to be. Like, I mean, pick out any any point of history, um, black masculinity has often been described in the same way. Like, you see a Terry Crews for example you have to be built you have to be chiseled you have to have a six pack you have to be you say ball you have to be fast at ready you have to be um, a Yaya toy, you have to be strong and powerful and good at football as all the commentator cliches come out you always have to be this one thing but you have to be big, you have to be strong, you have to be powerful, you have to be... All all these words have become synonymous with black masculinity, or with masculinity in general, but then with black masculinity, it gets the the added dynamic of... Of what blackness is, you have to define what blackness is, and that often comes at a cost of what blackness has been historically defined as. You have to be hard working, good work ethic, or you can also be lazy and over centralized, depending on how train you at a certain, time, a certain time period. Like, you've got to be. Um, working twice as hard to get ha- half as far as all black people as are but then also they're going to be lazy and on benefits and doing drugs. Like the 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 the, the portrayals of blackness of, throughout history is very, varied for whatever part is really quite hypocritical as well. Actually, um, mm. a lot of black people have fallen into that, um, into thinking this is the only way that you can be black, which is. One of those things that I think a lot of black people have the whole um, dynamic of being told you're too white to be black, but you're too black to be white. Of yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, like you're like you're not allowed to. This is, you're not allowed to like poetry as a black person, but you're allowed to rap music, which is weird because rap is quite literally poetry. Literally poetry. Yeah. <laughs> like you're 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 not allowed to enjoy the theater anymore. you can enjoy certain films and certain films only like it's it's a strange one. so. You really sort of have to find your place and justify it. Like a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of black, a lot of impressive black theoreticians, like W.E.B. Du Bois, or, I mean, I call him Du Bois, but that's actually not how you say his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a lot, it's, a lot, it's a lot cooler if it was. Um, again, incredible, inc- incredible theory, like Franz Fanon, um, Kwame Nkrumah. so much theory that is, it is you know, they're, they're well-read individuals. There's a lot more reasonable examples as well. They're well-read individuals, but you're not allowed to be that. I don't fully understand how, well, I do understand how that came to pass, but it's annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, one of the things that I think, helps shape black masculinity is, um, well, to begin with, black women. Like, you can't have a conversation about blackness without the abuse and denigration that black women have because I think... I feel this might be going off topic from your question, but I'm going off topic anyway. That's Um,
1: fine. (laughs) We've gone off topic (laughs) already.
2: It comes down to the idea of, like, you're the master of, of your own home and you'll control what you can, so... When 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 white people were in charge of black people, they would treat them in awful horrific ways, and black men would be degraded, would be delegated, would be emasculated. But where can they regain control back in their own homes? So they'd go back and degrade, delegate, emasculate their women, their children, and that that cycle would reproduce itself by children seeing the same thing and going through the cycle, and that is incredibly alarming in terms of is this what we taught we teach masculinity to be does it have to be synonymous with violence does it have to be synonymous with with power like does it have to be synonymous with power in the way that power has to be structured and hierarchical rather than you can show power in in many various ways so Mm. strange ones like in terms of finding your place in the world to be able to explore your masculinity like for me the people of color association as a university was really helpful for that as in when i became so i became president i was president last year which exposed me to various different things in the university but also to various different people who were just incredibly impressive like we got our first black su president a couple of years Wait no, last year, not a couple of years ago, we're not even Yeah, there. yeah. Um, she's now going for a second term, which is why I'm like, yeah, a couple of years back. No, uh, she got elected last year. She's maybe one of the most. She's probably the most eloquent person I will ever meet in my life. Mm. So I would love to see her on any TV debate whatsoever because I just don't think you'd be able to beat her literally ever. Wow, I, I think hardly of my own speaking ability, but the way that she manages to. To, to put things across in, a, in an intellectual, but a very self assured way is insane. But the point I'm making without going to off topic and complimenting one of my friends. Is, um, <laughs> I mean, that level of security of other people who can uplift you, who could help you reconsexualize things that you thought you once knew, is so important in being able to figure out how you can unlearn things, and realize that there's other people who know more than you have decided is the correct answer. And this is an important thing for young black people everywhere of... We're, like, we're, we're conditioned to, as human beings, we're conditioned to think we know what's best all the time. And it's not until you meet people who change your world doing your mindset that no, no. you suddenly have to start thinking about what is the world and where is your place in it. And once you find those people who make you rethink that, once you find those books, those YouTube videos, those films, like films are especially a, a powerful way of thinking about it. Like there's so many great films, documentaries, et cetera, um, that could help you recontextualize what you think you knew, And yeah. it's, it's an annoying one to be able to have to do because once you've discovered that everything you thought was wrong, you've got to make the choice of do I accept it and or do I just really persist in what I think I know? And that is where you first, that's where you started to, to shape what your, what your masculinity will be, what your blackness will be and how black masculinity was presented to you of can you be masculine and sensitive? Can you be masculine and LGBT? Can you be masculine and clever? Can you be masculine and so many things? And those kinds of identities that you're finding yourself finding out about yourself is one of the most important things that you can do when you're doing it. And if if it's gonna take if it's gonna take you thirty, forty years, that's fair enough. Like right? everyone develops,
1: yeah.
2: but just don't 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 shut things down because it contrasts to what you that you think you've established because for dementia a lot of the idea that you'll have other people are really happy for you and if you find them you'll get a lot more insight into what it is you're thinking and what it is you're trying to figure out for yourself
1: yeah
0: there's no there's no original thoughts like nothing's really original um so like yeah, you'll definitely you'll definitely find those people that are already asking those questions that are already talking about it, and that can help you kind of like guide you as well. Um, that that that
2: might spare original context for well new context or original for new thoughts, but you need that kind of you need that toolkit to be able to fight your way through the context you're in. Yeah, um, definitely. If, if I was at school, I would this much knowledge. It would have been a completely different school experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's,
2: um, that's very true. But we're not, and it's the case of hindsight. In hindsight we, we, we do things differently, but hindsight is twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> yeah, hindsight, hindsight. Yeah, there's a quote about hindsight which I can't remember now, but it's, hindsight's very um, it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, thank you, Dan. For coming onto the podcast, honestly, mate, it was really good to talk to you. Um, and again, I loved all the conversations that we had as well. I, to be fair, I kind of like I definitely expected so. Um, I think uh, what Dan was saying, um, in that snippet of a how can we have an understanding of black masculinity? Um, Dan loves to talk, and so that was quite a long one. A long answer, definitely. Probably the longest one anyone's given. Um, But we go off on tangents during this whole episode. So it's all right. It's just part of the episode. Um, But I really liked how we talked about the contradictions within uh, Blackness and what it means to be Black. And that even as Black people, we criticise others for not being the version of Black we think is good or we think is Black. Um, And so I think that's also why... Me and Dan really gravitated to each other as friends because we were both kind of described as coconuts when we were younger and um, we both didn't fit into the mold of what it meant to be a black person. Um, but we gravitated to each other towards each other um, because we shared that. Um, and so um, I think that's a really interesting point. Um, and I like how we included black femininity in there um, because we wouldn't be anything without our black women. And so I think that's a important side that we need to understand of ourselves. Um, and so if you liked the episode, or if you liked the little snippet, go and listen to the full episode. Um, and then this next one is with Dennis um, and it's from episode 10. So have a listen to what Dennis has to say um, to the answer of uh, how can we add to an understanding of black masculinity?
1: Well, I think, if I think back to my own personal experience, I never forget when I was, I must have been about 16, 17. Mm. And I went into my local library to try and find a book about being gay. And I searched and searched and searched. And all I could find were books that said I was sick. I was a paedophile. I had a mental health problem, blah, blah, blah. Negative, negative, negative. And that stayed with me for years until I moved moved from Manchester down to London and found a, a black gay community. Now, you know, fortunately, 40 years later, if I go into my local library in Brixton, I can find books written by other black gay men. And the reason why I say this is because I will never forget the first book I read, that it was a short story called Passion in uh, a book called In the Life, which was the first book of writings published by lots of different like gay, African-American men. Mm-hmm. And in this story called Passion by a man called Sidney Brinkley, He wrote a story about two black men making love. I'd never, ever, ever read that on the printed page before. Yeah. And after reading that story, it completely changed my life. Yeah. Because I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I've got to meet the guy who wrote this story. (laughs) (laughs) I have to, and then I, and I thought, and I have to try and meet as many of the writers in this book as I can. Yeah. I went to America in 1988, the first time. And um, yeah, I met about 80% of the writers in the book. Wow. And, you know, that that experience completely changed my life. Mm. Because I met some really positive role models at a very impressionable age. And I saw these older guys, because a lot of them were older than me, living their lives with pride and they were successful, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, I can be too. Yeah. I can be like them. Yeah, it completely changed my world after reading that book. So, I guess, um, In the technological world that we live in today, I mean, books may not have as much cachet as they did when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think literature, uh, media creation, focused around the kind of black gay experience, I think uh, would be incredibly helpful to younger LGBT, Black LGBT people coming through without question. Yeah. I never forget when I was living in Manchester thinking I was the only one. That was a thought that constantly went through my mind because whenever I went to a couple of gay venues, that I went to in Manchester before I moved to London. There weren't any other black guys. There was one or two. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think, you know, positive media, uh, celebrating the black gay experience I think makes a massive difference yeah. yeah awesome I know it made a massive difference to me yeah definitely and hearing how like I could
0: see your face lighting up as you were talking about it
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I can I yeah. can even just see how it had such a positive effect on you and mm. I hope other
1: young black men can kind of get that sort of mm. moment you know what I mean yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I have to say that trip totally inspired me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally inspired me to to be the man that I am today. Yeah, without question. Yeah, definitely.
0: Awesome. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Dennis, for coming onto the podcast and talking about my, your experiences and all of that. My pleasure to see
1: Um, so yeah, I will hopefully speak to you soon and have a good day. Yeah, and um, before you go, I just want to say the next man you talk to, I want you to ask him when did he realize he was heterosexual? Oh, it might be my dad, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you must let me know what he says to that, too. <laughs> oh, I
0: don't know if I want to say <laughs> that. Right So, um, as you heard there, um, Dennis was talking about positive media and what positive media did for him, because uh, being told that you're an abomination and that you're a pedophile and really negative things about something that is just natural to you um, is awful. And so, as you said, or as you heard, the impact it had on him, Um, And when he was able to see a book or read something that was talking about him positively and talking about being homosexual, um, it really lightened something in him. Um, And that's the power of positive media, of representation, of seeing your story being told or being written or being shown. And so I think that is the essence of what Dennis was saying and the importance of what he was saying. And you know, I don't really have much more to add onto that one. Um, And so uh, this next part uh, is from episode 11 um, from, It's with uh, Tamuri Richardson. Um, She was the first female we've had on the podcast. um, And she was amazing. Um, It was unfortunate because uh, I recorded two episodes with her and one of them didn't save, uh, which was gutting. Um, So who knows, maybe I'll have her back on the podcast at one point. Um, But uh, listen to what Tamuri has to say um, on how we can add... To an understanding of a uh, black masculinity.
3: I mean, be yourself. There is no definition of that. You mm. don't. You're not required to be anyone. And and um, masculinity is subjective, isn't it? because you can see somebody who's extremely buff and um, he not be masculine. That's just his outer physique. There's, you know, that that's fakeness. And if you really love yourself, don't hold yourselves to imperfect standards that someone has created for you and has determined this is how you look good. I believe that I'm beautiful because that's how I feel. Not because anyone tells me, but because the totality of me as a person so you are not required to live by anyone's standard of anything other than what makes you feel good what gets you up in the morning what makes you happy and the things that are helping you to thrive in the life everything else is an opinion and opinions do not pay
1: yeah true yeah
0: definitely Um, so on that one um, I'd like to say thank you for coming on to the podcast and bringing your wealth of experience and knowledge like it's been really good to talk to you
3: Thank you so much for having me. I always appreciate talking to you. This is so much fun. I know it's a little extra silly, but I am sometimes.
0: (laughs) Don't worry, man. I love being silly anyway. I'm still a kid at heart. Short and sweet. Like she said, opinions don't pay. Simple as. You know, sometimes I love Americans, right? Because actually, I mean, I love Americans in general. I just don't really like your country. Um, But... I love Americans because they have so much energy. Like, they're just really dull. Like, they're just, I don't know, just got bundles of energy, man. Like, there's a uh, NBA commentator called Pendry Perkins. Ah, uh, Kendry Perkins, who I really like because that guy uses energy, you know. Ah, he's so funny. He calls um, one of my favorite basketballers, uh, Bam out of the bayou. Bam out bayou. But his name is Head And he just has so much energy, man. Honestly, <sighs> I like that guy. He was funny. Um, if anyone knows Kendrick Perkins, uh, holler at him, yeah, for me. Um, if you're listening from the Americas or if you're British, either way. See, now I'm being silly. See, Tamari, we-, we like being silly. Um, And so, yeah, I hope you guys uh, liked what she had to say because I don't think there's any more I need to add on to that. Opinions don't pay. Be yourself. Don't let other people say who you should be because at the end of the day, it's just, it's long. Why, Why? Why are we doing that to ourselves? I do it to myself. I'm sure other people do it to themselves. But at the end of the day, opinions don't pay. They don't bring me money. The don't bring me joy? So what am I getting worked up about? Anyway, we move on. We move. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, this next episode is, uh, from episode 12. Um, so this episode is, uh, with CK Money Talks, uh, with Clarence. Um, and so, uh. Let's hear what he has to say um, on how we can add to an understanding of black masculinity.
4: Yeah, to be honest, I think when I think about that, the first one that comes to mind is an encouragement to just focus on yourself, you know, like where pride, ego, friends, um, you know, just surroundings are involved. It's very easy to kind of not have a clear idea of your identity because you're so focused. Like we said earlier, you're so focused on looking at everybody else. But where we talk about that whole black masculinity and even even being a young black boy in the society, which is already tough. I've been a young black boy in the financial industry for the last nine years. And I know the things that I've encountered when you know who you are and you know the goals and the the levels you want to reach and what you aspire to. That no one can tell you anything. No one can tell you that you can't achieve things, or tell you that you're not good enough for something. Just always apply yourself, and just make sure whatever lane you're on, that you are focused on it, and you're going to be good. That's what I would say. awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, I think that's a yeah, that's a great
0: addition, man. Thank you very much for coming no, on you know, um, man. and bringing me your wealth of experience
4: and knowledge as well. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure, that's right, man. That's a pleasure.
0: So. Um, that was uh, CK Money Talks and so uh, if you guys like what you heard from him um, you can go and listen to the full episode it's called Klarna is a trap um, being financially healthy uh, with CK Money Talks and uh, I actually really liked the episode um, I think I should go back and listen to it myself because it was really good um, and I liked talking to Clarence he's also a Liverpool supporter so that was great <laughs> We actually talked to a little Paul before we talked um, in this episode, but uh, let me actually comment on what he said. (laughs) Um, In terms of staying in your lane and knowing who you are, like comparison is the thief of joy. Like we can always look at what everyone else is doing and even like look at other black men and be like, they have this, they have muscles, they have money, I'm not there. You know, there's even times where I'm looking at the guys, I'm like, damn, I wish I was buff and hench. I mean, I am buff, just not hench. <laughs> my calf's a hench, but you know, the rest of my body isn't. Um, but you know, the comparison, it just doesn't do as well. And so knowing who we are, knowing our identity and staying in our lane means that we can focus on what matters, um, focusing on ourselves. Focusing on our family, focusing on our friends and focusing on the things that matter, you know. And so uh, this next episode is with Vest Blake um, and it's called a global educate, educator. So uh, Vest Blake is a global educator. Um, I really like talking to him. Um, and uh, yeah, let's listen to what he has to say about how we can... Uh, adds to an understanding um, of black masculinity?
5: Oh, I'll just say, you know what? Everyone was born an individual and don't try to be like other people. Don't try to be someone else. Kind of discover who you are for yourself. You know what I mean? And, you know, you can let people influence you to some degree, um, within reason. Um, You're there are going to be things like across the way that influence you, but they don't define you. Mm. And what I thought everyone should do is, is is you should be able to define yourself. So don't let someone else define you. You define yourself. And how you define yourself is who you show to the world. But, you know, just try and make sure that definition of yourself is positive. I don't want no one talking down on themselves or or nothing like that. Like, don't let social media fool you or trick you out of your position or make you think you have to be a, cert, a, cert, a certain way. Don't let no girl make you think that. Don't let any of your brethren or your your family or your, anyone in your life make you feel like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Everyone is individual and just, you know, do what makes you happy. So once you do what makes you happy, you know, then you can begin to make other people happy. But focus on numero uno first. And you'll be good.
0: Yeah, definitely. I thank you. Uh, I think, mean, yeah, that was a great addition. Um, and thank you for coming onto the podcast. Um, I've loved hearing about your experiences and your traveling and your passion for people. Um, and I really, I, uh, losing words here. <laughs>
5: um,
0: I just, yeah, I just hope everything goes good for you, man, and that all these projects you're doing really help people because I know
5: they will. thank you you for having me man I love what you're doing I love the I love I love I just love everything about it you know what I mean so keep doing what you're doing and like I said bro, don't let no one derail you keep doing Mm. what you're doing and whatever dream you have don't let anyone diminish that dream or tell you that it's too small
0: (sighs) thank you man adding value to me as well (laughs) see I can tell you were a teacher I can just tell it (laughs) I can just tell it. Um, yeah. Thank you, Blake, for those... Uh, for those kind words. Lost for thought, sorry. <laughs> My brain sometimes just has a brain fart. It's like, work. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I think what Blake said, actually, um, really just... Um, like, sort of rounded out the whole episode and um, really brought it to a close because uh what he said sort of mirrored what everyone else was saying in terms of knowing who you are and don't let the world tell you who you are and so i, I really thank uh, blake for coming onto the podcast and for just telling what he feels and how he feels about it and so uh yeah, it was really inspiring um, to hear from all these guests and I thank all of them for coming onto the podcast and for being vulnerable, being open and uh, providing an answer Um, or just a part to the understanding of of black masculinity and what it means to be ourselves in this world so uh, thank you for listening guys, Um, if you like these sort of shorter episodes just tell me Um, just Message me on Instagram, Twitter, um, follow me on TikTok too, or send me an email. Um, speak at blackandraw.co.uk. And so, yeah, um, stay true, stay honest to who you are. Figure out who you are. To be honest with you, it's a long life journey. I'm still figuring out who I am. This podcast is sort of helping. Um, just from listening to all of this stuff again, I'm just getting reassured about what it means to be myself. And um, that's why I sort of started the podcast, um, partially to help others um, figure out what it means to be themselves and to hear from amazing people, amazing black people, um, about what they're doing in their lives and how they've sort of figured out what it means to be themselves in this world. And so I hope that helps you figure out what it means to be yourself in this world. And yeah, thank you for listening. episode will be out next week and um, little teaser for the next week is that a, a person that's coming on uh, has created an event and a space where there are some major players who have came through there um, George the Poet JP Cooper uh, Ray Black so uh, yeah I'm going to be talking to somebody next week who has uh, seen all those people come through his doors So thank you for listening. Uh, Look out for the episode next week and uh, stay great, guys. I don't know why I said stay great. We'll talk soon. That's the (laughs) catchphrase. All right, guys. Talk soon.